0: Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show.
1: Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We are Alive, Hardwater Fishing Show, Season 5, Episode 9. It is the first week of January 2022, the first podcast of the year. And we are in a deep cold snap, aren't we, Jeff? Ooh, it's minus 10 right now, according to what I see. And mm-hmm. that's warm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We're talking minus 26 by morning is what they said at my we're house.
0: We're making ice. We're ma- we, you know, we complained for weeks about such a <laughs> slow winter, and now it's like it's been here forever. I'm sitting here in my front entryway by our next exterior door, and this room doesn't have a heat vent in it, and I literally threw on my boots. Wow. Because <laughs> wow. it's so cold. The floor is so cold in here that I've got my I got my boots on, keeping my toes warm. I upgraded from slippers to boots. I, I'm wearing
1: shorts, but I do have socks on. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I mean, inside. Yeah. Old houses. <laughs> Ooh, well, yeah. I mean, this this room I'm in gets warm and cold, kind of oddly too. But, anyways, this doesn't sound like fishing, except for it's cold. no. Um, I I know even though it's been cold though, we've gotten so much snow up here, um, in Minnesota that you know the ice conditions still aren't. They're okay, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but you know there's a foot plus of snow on Blacks. You know, I mean, it's it's a lot of snow. so yeah, We'll get into that uh, later, though. Yeah, all right. Let's go. Um, so, topic tonight, we are talking about Lake of the Woods ice fishing. And why are we talking about that, Jay? Because I went. Oh. I snuck up there over New Year's. It was like I you had were a, there for a whole year. You were there in 2021? I know. I was there over
0: a two-year period. Yes. <laughs> wow
1: wow yeah cool. so we'll
0: talk we'll talk about that that was a an excursion potentially long long in the planning but short awesome. duration
1: but it was fun covert operation it was covert all right jay i know we had some discussions about what beer you're yep, drinking tonight yeah yep. And, and i kind of said you can't we don't do 30 podcasts a year so you can't take a 30 pack of Old style and just keep on drinking. It was Old
0: Mill day. actually. Old Mill. Oh, Old Mill. Working on. Yeah, that's, that's why it, I think it's lasted so long. Is <laughs> it, it's really a one beer a night kind of beer, or one beer, couple beers a week, maybe. So I did. I went out and I searched the store, and I think this is probably a repeat. But gosh, we're on season nine, and there is only so many Old Man. Season beers. nine or Whoa. episode nine. We're on episode oh, nine. Okay, episode nine, nine. I'm like, no, no, no. Episode nine. How long were you in Canada? Lo- not long <laughs> enough. Not long enough. Yeah. So this is an award-winning beer. Good to know. Yeah, I got a. It's definitely an old man beer because I got to pull down my glasses so I can read it. This is the original Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. Nature's choicest products provide its prized flavor. Only the finest of hops and grains are used selected as an America's Best in 1893. <laughs> I don't know if they've won anything since.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what's interesting. If you win an award for a beer, you you win it forever, you I guess. put
0: it on there forever. Okay, let's see. There's a, something else here that's got some art on it. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy-looking stuff.
1: Jason, never- you literally have your glasses on the edge end of your nose like... <laughs> like an old man to read your old man beer.
0: Quiet. I'm trying to look at this. We are proud to present Ashley Dreyfus as the winner of the 2021 PBR Art Can competition. To find out how you can become next year's winner, go to papsblueribbon.com. If I was artistic, I would, I would submit a thing. This is the weirdest art. It's got like little monster dudes hanging out doing things. It's very strange. Huh. It's very neat. It's kind of neat. You can look, Jeff. It's got, it's got a little, like a little monster on the side of the
1: can there. Wow. Can yeah,
0: I see it. I've never yeah. seen a
1: PBR PBR can like that.
0: Huh. I, it's very unique. It's very unique. It's a unique can. But anyway, to opening. Ah, there we go. And they're pounders too, so that's
1: good. Oh, long episode. Yeah, it
0: will be because
1: that, I mean not as long as last episode because. That that last episode was lengthy. <laughs> it was 90 yeah. minutes long. Yeah. That was a long one. We I couldn't we, resist. There was such good content in there. We had Max from Sweden and all the awesome things there and yeah. Um, we had some good conversations, so I just I chopped it down, but that's as small as I could get it. So That's all right. So what are you drinking, Jeff? So I am drinking from Goose Island Beer Company, which is based in Minnesota. I believe it's in St. Cloud, or my alma mater. It is called Lost Palette. So hopefully I don't lose my palette on Lost Palette. It is a hazy IPA with mango and nature, natural cinnamon flavor. Weird. But it's like the opposite of your can. You had all that fancy art. I literally have an orange can, and there's kind of a goose on it if you look close, but... Hmm. Goose Island. So. I hate geese. Yeah, well, they're good. Geese? I don't know. They're fine. Here we go. Sounds. It sounded good. Wow. It's, it wow. tastes like drinking a mango a bit. I don't know if that's why I want my beer to taste
0: like. <laughs> I know that's not how I want my beer to taste.
1: But <laughs> mango beer. It doesn't taste you. very IPA or hazy. I just taste a lot of mango. It's heavy so. on the mango light on, on the, the cinnamon, mango. light on the hops.
0: Bold start, crisp finish, no mangoy finish.
1: I have <laughs> no bold start or crisp finish. This is not crisp, <laughs> but it's okay. I, I I can drink one of these, one of them. I want to circle back around to your goose comment.
0: I am not a fan of geese. Can we just put that out there? That they yeah. could all
1: probably die and I would be fine. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's some kind of like... You know, if you lose geese, then we're going to I'm lose sure flesh. there's
0: some circle of life thing yes. problem. I get that.
1: But I just, they're terrible. What terrible did they ever do creatures. to you? Do you want to hear the story? I think we better. I mean, you seemed very angry about geese. It, it I is. Mean, so
0: this goes back years. Years. Twenty-two decades? years. Twenty-two decades? years to be about. Okay. So back years ago. When Me and my wife, we were obviously a lot younger then, and Carl or Cassie was just a, a toddler, barely yeah. a toddler. And so, we were college kids, and we were doing the you know the good parent thing. We thought in the spring, you know, after a year, so Cassie would have just started to walk really well. And like, let's take her to the park, let's be good, responsible parents. We'll go down to the state park near where we lived and take our child to the park. It right? was the one day a year you were a good parent, yeah. We're like, we're <laughs> gonna try. We're going to try to do this you know parenting thing better and so there we are we get out of the car and we you know buckle the kid out of the car seat and set her next to the car and she sees the playground equipment right just away in the park so we let her take off because it's all in sight there's no trees yep. like you know she can make a run for it so she runs off like little toddlers do just bucket it for the swing set and she trips and then she slides, and she gets up, and she is covered from head to toe in goose crap.
1: Oh no! She slid because, on the yeah,
0: because the geese had been in there at the park. The park was unusable because the geese had crapped everywhere. There were so uh. many geese; they crapped everywhere. So there's my, you know, young child covered head to toe in goose shit, goose crap, shit, whatever. <laughs> and it was the most horrific, horrible experience of my parenting, almost, really. Because then you, now you had this kid that's full of crap, right, and goose crap. So then you had to, like, get to take our clothes off, and you had to try to do something with those. Uh-huh. And then that was laundromat days, man. So you couldn't just let those ferment in a laundry basket, right? You had to Ooh. stop what you were doing. You had to go to a laundromat. You had to wash your clothes. You know... <laughs> just ruined the whole day. Wow. We never took her back to the park again. I,
1: I would have been traumatized. Does she talk about this still? Well, She's she like
0: doesn't a, remember. No, she oh. doesn't
1: remember. But I've told this story a lot.
0: And that's when everybody, because every time people say things about geese, oh, look at the cute little geese. And I'm like, I wish they would die. <laughs> of course, then they want to know why. So I tell the story. So
1: now you know. That's the story. Well, I mean, my kids then, are falling And have you ever gotten the, ge- but the itch? I think like, a different kind of crap. <laughs> but the swimmer's itch, too. That comes from geese.
0: Yeah. Crapping. Yeah, so Ducks I mean, do. have you ever had swimmer's itch, or had your kids had swimmer's itch? No, uh-uh. oh my gosh, I got stories about that too. It's
1: not fishing related, but it okay. Kind of well, this is. this sounds like we have yeah. veered from the beer we've conversation. Yeah, so we had to have a reason why you hate geese so much. I do.
0: I got. I've got five more reasons if anybody ever wants to know.
1: That's <laughs> just number one reason is the goose yeah. crap. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, <laughs> poor
0: poor, poor It's a, a deep seated hatred. <laughs> uh, and I don't hate many things. You know that about me. There's not much I like, no, really No, I know. Just that's hate. why
1: you were very angry. You were like militant angry about geese. And I'm like, whoa. Wow. Yes. All right. Moving on. Going forward. Well, that was we're a really crappy are. story, Jay. It
0: was a crappy story. <laughs> pa- moving on. This is not crappy. Patrons, thank you so much. For your support we really appreciate it you can find that if you wish to become one of them at hardwatershow.com back slash patron p-a-t-r-o-n um, we had a zoom meeting with our patrons here la- recently jeff that was fun it was fun to see them on zoom and face to face and and chat with them a little bit and tell some stories it was cool so yeah we hope more of you join next time we do it and we hope
1: we get new ones to join the call so it was a lot of fun so show business we um, have, our, have our Amazon affiliate link. You can try that out and give to the show without charging anything more. Gear, you know, you can order some sweatshirts and T-shirts. We need a flag. They have a wall mural. You can put a wall mural. You can put, a, like, a tapestry. A tapestry you can order. It's pretty uptown. I know. Well, I don't know if it looks that fancy. I'm sure it's not. as But I've thought about ordering one for my room, but... Zoom has this virtual background. I can just make it. Yeah. It's easier to do the virtual background. It's harder on the lake. I'm like, oh, look, somebody bought a t shirt or no, a sweatshirt. Was it your mom? My no 16 year old came home and said, hey, one of my friends bought one of your sweatshirts. Oh, that's awesome. He's like, he thought it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't buy it because he thought it was cool. It was more like ironic or. We'll take
0: irony we'll take post ironic we'll take we think it's cool if it makes you buy it buy it i don't care the reason it's it's so nerdy it's cool kind of thing hey that's really us though (laughs) i mean seriously we've never been cool just because we're cool ever no
1: never all right so the best place to interact with us on social media is instagram and facebook yep um we have a website hardwatershow.com and you can go find us on youtube we post all of the episodes kind of as a video out on YouTube. And we have some other fun videos out there too, like ice sailing or some guy building a crazy ice shack that goes in this pickup truck. So there's a few things out there. I actually wanted to say, once this was released, I wanted to have like a little contest. Um, the first hundred people who like our channel, we need to get to a <laughs> thousand uh, on, on our YouTube page. So if you like Kay. our YouTube page, um, I will randomly pick somebody and send them a, a hard water fishing show hat. Oh, cool! You should so, do that. So, are we like gonna and an, subscribe it.
0: Are we going to do that? a fishing contest? Are we going to do that?
1: Well, we have to organize that. We have to get organized. We've okay, we're going to get going on that. We promise. Yes. We we are going to do one. We wanted to wait till the new year, and now it's the new year. So, okay. Yeah. So so I'm going to give away a hat um, to somebody who likes and subscribes our our YouTube channel. So. You can search for that and find it. And also you can email us at hardwatershow@gmail.com at if you want to send us some pictures. It's a great way to send pictures because they are bigger size and we can put them out on a, our social media. Very cool. We must be doing really well, Jay, because not a lot of fact checking going on.
0: Or Yeah. Or we we just haven't had a lot of facts.
1: <laughs> or we don't have any facts, <laughs> mostly just total opinions.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, as long as we stay in opinions versus facts, then uh, we don't get fact checked.
1: I mean, I mean, if you think about it, like fishing in general and ice fishing, isn't often based in fact. No, it's, not really. I mean, usually, you know, you'd be like, "How big was the fish you lost?" Well, big, twelve inches, twenty-four inches. Is that know.
0: foreshadowing? I think mean, the story I'm going
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. Damn. So, current events. I um, wanted to mention again that we will be at the Hardwater Freaks event in Wisconsin. Um, That's coming up. Yeah, you're going to give the date on that? Yeah, it is on January 29th from 4 to 7. And um, it is in the Lure Bar and Grill.
0: Yeah, it's, it's on Lake Pentawell
1: there. I think I'm pronouncing will, that right. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Uh, fact checkers you can check us but yeah we'll be there so that should be fun we're working on planning that and you know it's planned as two guys that go ice fishing get yeah i
0: think <laughs> we're gonna sleep on the ice aren't we jeff
1: yeah we're gonna try that out camping
0: well we may like put
1: a tent over us versus just like laying down on the ice and. Going oh to yeah probably we're gonna winter camp perhaps as long as it's not if it was like right now we might be winter camping in a hotel if it's minus ten. So <laughs> potentially. Yeah. But yeah, our intent is to camp on the ice and fish, but
0: That's the difference between when you're in your forties and when you're twenties. Your yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're yes. like, we're gonna do this as long as it's not completely uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when we were twenty, we just went to a place with no electricity. You didn't have plenty. a
0: backup plan. You did you didn't have the funds for a backup plan. No. You had a particular amount of money and yes. you're already overextending it to do the thing you're doing. So Exactly. All right. So
1: so we'll be there winter camping and we're planning on it and we're planning on having a good time. So Yeah, it'll be great. All right. So Zach B sent in um he got his first ever eighteen and a half inch walleye on his R Tech Claw, which is one of the the tip ups I really like. So he sent in a really, really nice picture of that walleye, and he said said hours later he was still in cloud nine. So
0: that's awesome. That's so that's exciting awesome. to get your first ever walleye. Holy cow! How cool is 18 and that? Eighteen and a half
1: is pretty nice for a first walleye.
0: You might say they were both hooked.
1: So we also have um, a couple questions that we had out on Facebook. Oh, I didn't see that. Did you put the question thing on Facebook? I did, yeah. We can edit this out.
0: and make it sound better. That doesn't give us a lot of time to do a lot of research on these questions. So we have to pick questions that we know the answer to, or we can make up an answer.
1: Bill B. asked about, what's your philosophy on bait size selection through the ice? Uh, I start to start small and work my way up. You know, we're lucky, I think, in Minnesota where we can have two lines in the winter. In the summer, you cannot. But uh, I feel like often you should do both. So I would probably put out a tip-up with maybe something bigger, like a shiner or a sucker minnow. And I might jig with a fathead or something like that, right, for walleyes. If, If I'm fishing for sunfish or crappies, I probably am fishing small to start with. Like uh, like a wax worm and a tungsten dropper jig. So I don't know okay. how you think about bait size selection, Jay.
0: I tend to start with whatever I left off with last time because that's what's on my line. And then you might as well see if that works good first. I would say size-wise, that's so subjective. So I'm trying to think how to describe it best. Like, so... On a buckshot type spoon, you know, a jigging spoon, I would go with what I consider like the medium size, not like the,
1: yeah, quarter or a quarter. Like a quarter.
0: Yeah. I would probably. consider small
1: an eighth. Yeah. Probably quarter, a quarter. Probably a quarter. A, a large, which I don't use very often, maybe like three eighths or something like.
0: Yeah. So probably a quarter. Yeah. You know, for walleye, I guess specifically. For panfish, I really tend to start small. Like So panfish, I tend to really start with a very small presentation. and walleyes, I tend to start with a middle-sized, medium presentation. Then I go both directions. So I'll downsize if they're just kind of eyeballing it. So I'll try having the bait go on heads, like a minnow head, Or then I'll go to even a smaller bait. But, but panfish, I usually start with just a tiny dropper jig and a little bit of like a waxy. So that's, that's kind of where I start. So that's a, yeah. And then really where I ended out last time. <laughs> Dan Dan here. Dan is is holding nothing back. He's like, why am I so awesome? Are the fish even trying? Um,
1: <laughs> Dan are, yes. I love Dan, that. Dan, good
0: for you, Dan. I, I love that confidence. Well, we, we're not going to even give an opinion on why you're so awesome. We have no idea because we don't know you. You know, Dan, here's what you should do, Dan. You should join our, our patron site and then come on our Zoom and you can talk to us about why you're so awesome
1: and how how much give us some good advice. We'll take it. Here's something I know nothing about, Jay. What? (laughs) Is Chris M said, is mega live imaging the best thing now or is it Pantop is Pantopic still king of any live imaging platform? (laughs) Trying to have ammo when I go ask the wife if I can buy it or forgiveness when she finds out.
0: (laughs) <laughs> so there, there's an old thing here that used to be with motors, things with motors. If you could keep it in your garage and not have your spouse find it for like a period of certain months, then it was like home free. Like you're like, well, no, we've always had that. And I don't know if you could do the same thing with. Well, I think you can do that with fishing gear and other gear, too. So it just depends on. On that marital relationship. So. I mean,
1: everybody has a different budget, but yeah. Um, I mean, Panoptics, Pan, Panoptics, Pan oh, Panoptics. Um, you could buy a decent used car for what a Panoptics cost I know, <laughs> Maybe yeah. not a decent used car. But you could buy a used car for what Panoptics cost. So I guess I, I don't think you're going to sneak it by anybody. At least not in my household. I certainly wouldn't. But, I mean, I would think, go buy them both. Try them out, I don't know. Um, Sell the one you don't like. They Um, they do have a good, there's a YouTube series I saw where he had all three of them. He had the Garmin, the Live, the Hummingbird Live, and there's a third one. What's the third one? I have no idea. There's a third one, Um, and he compared all three rigs, so he had like, you know, $10,000 in live scopes or whatever you call them. And he tried them all and kind of went through the pros and cons. It's on YouTube. Uh, I will see if I can find the link to it. It's uh, the same guy who like flew into Canada and went ice fishing. So no, But he literally that. had all three of them next to each other and said, here's what it looks like on this one, here's what it looks like on this one, and here's what it looks like on this one. It seemed to me, based on what he was saying, that the panoptics was still his favorite.
0: I, I think there's some, you know, if you're a summer fisher person, and you're using something on your boat, there's probably some economy issues there if you're using similar technology on your boat and then using the same technology in the winter, because you get used to moving around in those systems versus learning a completely different interface. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's some, certainly some things up and down there. And this is kind of an economy of scale. I mean, I don't know if economy of scale is probably not the right term, but like, you know, you don't need this stuff to go out and catch fish. Absolutely don't. No. No. But you know Uh-oh. what? If you're if you're in the income range where you can afford the the new truck and the ice house, or or you're going up, you know, and and your you can afford to do it, you know, on if you look at it through some of that account, you know, through that lens, it's really not that expensive. If you're, you know, if you're trying to do things on a tight budget, you got young kids and things are tight, you know, you don't need to have that stuff but you know if if that's what you got money to spend on spend it i don't
1: certainly uh certainly fun to play with oh and he also says speaking of chris also mentioned that also you fellas need to get a good old canadian pilsner to drink can't beat them so you're gonna to find a canadian pilsner jason
0: that is a tough ask
1: in iowa which ways does the snow affect the ice okay so well it makes it white so you don't look <laughs> through the ice It makes you feel safer because even when it's four inches thick, when you can't see that like it's not very thick, it it makes you feel safer. It's not safer. It just makes you, you know, kind of like ignorance is bliss. Not advice to walk (laughs) on any thin ice. But um, I would actually say the biggest pain in the butt, there's probably two things that make snow hard. Like I would argue less snow is better in general. And it's not because the fishing's better. It's because it's easier for you to, to function outside. Um, what what? lots of snow on the ice does, one, makes it very hard to move around. Just does. I mean, even in snowmobiles, it makes it hard to move around, right? Mm-hmm. And two, it floods when you have a lot of snow. Like, you drill a hole and water comes up and it makes a huge mess. Yeah. It, it, the, the weight of the snow on the ice, it just does. I think those are two really hard things about it. I think in some ways it can maybe in shallow areas, it can like mask your, you from the fish, right? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. having clear ice so they can't see you, but, but I would say it's probably harder to move around and stuff is the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. This, this one's from Gary says, you don't talk too much about using tip ups or tip ups not utilized in the North central States. In New York, they're allowed seven hand lines, so five tip ups. And I would, I would run myself into the ground if I could use seven lines. So that's really interesting. So I have found, if I'm fishing in a shack with another person, when you can only really have, then have one line in the shack, you run tip ups because we're only allowed two lines. And so you you run one tip up and then one jigging line in the shack. But when I'm by myself with my shack. I have two lines in the shack because I like to have a dead stick and then an active jigging line because a lot of times they will hit the dead stick, but the jigging line will bring him in. So I tend to not run a tip-up. So I rarely run tip-ups when I'm fishing by myself because I'm jigging two lines in my shack. Is that kind of the same for you, Jeff? And you'd have to put your Crocs in a four-wheel drive to go outside to,
1: <laughs> to, to get your tip-up. I mean, I do run tip-ups. Um, we probably don't talk about them as much. And maybe we need to do a tip-up episode. My one-man shack that I use, that I've been using because I've had to walk out, is really lightweight. You, you saw this thing, Jay. I think yep. you've seen it before. It's super lightweight. So when I get in my one-man shack, I get one hole, right? That's all you get. I mean, Yeah. because it's too small. So I do put a tip-up outside when I have that s- scenario. I'll use them sometimes on my hard shack, but probably not very often because I find it hard to see and hear and notice. Sure. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I'll I'll run, I guess, the inside equivalent of a tip up. I have rattle reels, which is just an inside tip up, right? And I'll run those. One of my favorite things to do, and we can't run that many lines, but I love on a super nice day, no shacks, hanging outside, uh, running tip ups on a weed line, catching northerns that to me is the best tip up action i've i've had
0: and tip ups are kicking when you're when you have a bunch of kids with you cuz you can run a whole bunch of tip ups kids can run around and make snowmen and slide around and do what kids do and then a flag goes up and it's on you know they can all run over and catch the fish or try to catch the fish and so i th- i think there's certainly certainly something to that but th- i think the limit in lines is probably why we don't use them maybe as much if, if you had seven lines, you could use, yeah, why wouldn't you put five? five Man, that'd be a lot of work.
1: <laughs> wouldn't be that be glorious? I mean, yeah. You could cover the whole lake with, like, just, five people, 35 grid, lines.
0: Small lake, you just have a grid pattern.
1: <laughs> I, I will say, like I said, I think, especially in Minnesota where we are, it's so weather dependent, right? Like, mm-hmm. people will say, oh, you must move all the time or you must fish like this. You know, you gotta kind of take what the the environment will give you. It's it's hard to run tip ups when it's twenty below. Like it's just cold, right? It, your hands freeze. They're just hard to run. The holes freeze over. But on a nice warm 25, 30 degree day, you can bring your kids out. You can have fun on the ice. You can do it, right? So so it depends on the it depends on the the weather, right? Um, I would not want to be running tip ups at minus twelve, which is what it is right now. Yeah, you just. It's miserable. Yeah, your hands get cold; they freeze in. Your friends yeah. yank your your tip ups through the hole and break them.
0: Why do you no. got to bring that up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why your do you gotta bring that cobo. up all the time? I don't know. No, I mean, it I mean there's no evidence of that. There's I have them downstairs. I can go get There's rumor and
0: conjecture, but there's no evidence. <laughs> yeah. Zero
1: evidence. Zero
0: evidence. Zero. All right, let's do one more. Best. All right. Tasting hard water fish, Jeff. If you're gonna throw a meal together and you could, which wouldn't happen, but you could catch any fish you wanted, what what would you eat for hard water?
1: So this fish? is gonna be controversial, I think.
0: uh Oh, you better not. You're gonna you're gonna say eel pout. No,
1: I actually do like eel pout. I would argue that walleyes or northern's or sunny, you know panfish. I like them all kind of the same, and I don't know that there's a huge difference to me between them, (sighs) taste-wise. See? I told you. Like, I mean, if you put a walleye filet, a good walleye filet next to me, and a good crappie filet, like, I could tell by the shape. But, like, if I actually ate it, would I be able to say this one's crappie and this one's walleye? I could. Okay. Well, I don't know if I could. Okay. But... What I will say is one of my favorite ways to eat fish lately is fish tacos.
0: I do like fish tacos.
1: Like, they're so good. Like, you put the cabbage on, the red cabbage, in a good spicy uh, sauce. What do they call it? Olé? Not olé. Olé. <laughs> what do they call the sauce they put on food?
0: Well, there's all sorts of sauces you
1: put on Aioli. Yeah. That's what it is. Aioli. Like a Aoli. aioli, yes. okay. I don't know, but... I really enjoy fish tacos. I would say it's probably not as much about the fish. It's probably the fish and the way it's prepared, Um, but I really enjoy that. Like this happened to me recently where, I don't know why it is, every time I cook fish, I like way overestimate how much fish people can eat, right? Like you're like, well, who's going to eat all this leftover fish? I'm not throwing it away, right? And so fish tacos is a great way to take it as leftovers because you know maybe it doesn't taste as good leftover mm-hmm. but you can put it in a fish taco it's so good i love yeah.
0: it yeah yeah it's good in a fish taco
1: so so jay now that i've insulted the fish of a walleye or a Xander or whatever <laughs> I, <laughs> um, what what is your best tasting hard water fish walleye okay
0: definitely walleye so i think from a fried if you're going to fry fish yeah i think walleye and and you know uh, a good perch and a panfish and a crappie are all going to be very similar. But if you if you get down to a little bit of lemon pepper and a little bit of butter and you bake it, that that's when walleye comes out completely ahead on
1: texture and taste. So instead of tasting like deep fried batter, it tastes like butter. <laughs>
0: Uh, not drowning in butter okay but yeah butter and some butter and a little bit of lemon pepper absolutely
1: i I mean you're making me hungry so that sounds really good i've had it you've cooked it that way i've enjoyed it so it's good it's certainly good but i do like eel pout we've made that and that is actually good
0: we uh yeah i'll get to that well no more foreshadowing
1: well um we really appreciate everybody writing in it's always fun to to hear it is we appreciate your
0: guys's questions
1: and and if we didn't get to yours it's not because we we just there's just a lot of questions here and we just got to a few we picked a few off the top so we can always keep them for later so thank you for writing in fishing report tell me about your fishing report fishing report fishing report surprise surprise
0: you fished out a red door
1: imagine that right like it's like home i i actually think i have a problem jay uh-oh. Like, I really like it there. I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I- I'm having trouble getting out of my comfort zone, right? Like, early ice, people, everybody goes to red, and I'm like, I don't know. The fishing there is good, but it's comfortable at the red door, you know? Like, because early red ice is ice fishing has been pretty good, and I didn't go there. I went to Malax instead, which hasn't been bad, but not as good as red. So, uh, last weekend i got out walked out so you could have four wheelers and stuff and actually my brother in law brought his four wheeler up but mm-hmm. we still didn't fish out that far because it was really cold i walked out fished uh first break and caught a uh, walleye nice 15 inch walleye super aggressive cool. just whacked you know how you like stare at your your depth finder and you're like oh why do they keep on looking why do they keep on looking this wasn't a looker this was like a a hammer you know just just bam. shows up
0: and slams it that's not that's awesome
1: I, they do. I actually like i pulled this one fish out and it had the lure in its mouth but it wasn't really a hooked all that well it just mouth was so clamped down it wasn't coming out so but there was a lot of lookers too so caught some perch not big perch okay. but perch also caught some of those tiny walleyes you've caught some of these tiny walleyes before right jay like Oh, like, yeah. You get them out of there, and they're like fingerlings. I mean, they're so tiny, I can't believe I caught it, and somehow I caught be, it.
0: You have to be um, pretty adept at poking things.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was tiny. Like, I think we took a couple pictures, and I should probably put one up. But I mean, we're talking it was like six inches or less. It was tiny. Um, we did use the my brother-in-law's camera. That was kind of cool. We could see the walleyes down there and stuff. It was So tactics wise, I was using my single van portable. Like I said, um, I was walking out, so super lightweight. I don't know. I got to get better at uni knot. I think I lost the fish because I tied it bad. So I went back to the triline knot. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't know. Like I I got hit really hard (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I missed it. And so I dropped it back down and it hit it again, which is always awesome when you can do that, right? When you miss it. And then you, you check your bait and drop it back down, and it's right back at it again. Oh, yeah, that that's always, I love it. I that. mean, I like that. But but then I got it on. I'm like, ooh, nice one, right? You hit it, and then, snap. <sighs> lost my perch talker, which is the only one I had, and lost everything, and I didn't get the fish. So That's so sad. I know, I know. So I was using the uh, eighth ounce drop train, glow pink perch talker, which I really like. It, it seems Mille Lacs likes pink.
0: It and does. Yeah, we caught them on there last year. on Little yep. pink
1: jigs. And the drop chain, we learned this at, when we were at Devil's Lake. Those drop chains at times are really awesome. They are. Um, I also caught a couple on these glow spoons. They are the Northland glow spoons. They're like metallic. So there's like a green metallic color one. It's called... Northland tackle, sh- O shot spoon bait, um, but it's like a gold one, and you put the snap, the snap uh, glow sticks in them. Yep. And so there's a gl- a green one and a gold one. So Oli and I were talking about this too, little Oli, <laughs> and he also has been having good success with those glow spoons this year. That specific color, it's like a green, huh? Like green gold. And so I was using that eighth ounce or even a quarter ounce one. They're not very big. Kind of had my standard setup with the six pound floral and a little barrel swivel on the line and a quick clip and one of those. And it worked out pretty good. Cool. And we were on a location wise, we were on a, a rocky transition break, right? Like out from shallow to deep. So about 19 feet of water. Yeah, it's a good time. Cool. My brother-in-law was with me and he caught a few too so
0: well that's great he sounds like you guys had a good outing
1: yeah it was it was okay although maybe not as good as your outing but it was okay well i mean i i kind of had a guide <laughs> yeah I, I was the guide. i got reminded of the pressure's <laughs> on like i never realized this jay but so my brother-in-law's up and he's like i don't know this is your lake jeff you show me where to Uh-oh, go Oh, like pressure
0: on pressure i'm like on. whoa yeah.
1: like i'm just out here fishing man like i'm just having a good time like i didn't know i had to deliver any results here right because because that's hard i mean it is so yeah it, it, the pressure I, I felt that a little bit and i was watching jason mitchell outdoors on youtube because i like youtube and i like fishing he has one of those
0: d- like <laughs> the, to- the toothpick thing
1: yeah mm-hmm. did you try that this when you were out
0: no oh i forgot i bought it it was in my bag all the weekend oh so it dang steps, it or- i wanted to report
1: because i'm like i realized last weekend i didn't have my players or one of those things that sit, lives in my boat and i try to remember to put it in mm-hmm. my ice fishing stuff it didn't get moved so i was out fishing and i'm like well i don't know what i'm gonna do if i get a really big one i have one little players for putting those bobber stops on oh <laughs> yeah like, yeah well that'll work <laughs> yeah i'm like well i can make that work but i was missing mine so so i thought about your toothpick thing and i, I wanted to see how that worked but
0: I never, never tried it. it. sits still. It sits in. It went into the the backpack of fishing stuff. <laughs> the
1: must have made its way to the bottom. It's like one of those. This backpack of ice fishing stuff. It's like one of those you only know, you see on TV, and they put it on a table, but there's actually a hole, and stuff just keeps on coming out of it. Like it's like a trick. <laughs> That's what it's like with this backpack. You like, like ice fishing stuff just keeps on coming out of this backpack. And it, <laughs> I've had that like, backpack so long. <laughs> So He's like, years. how did you fit the snowmobile in there? How I did know, the snowmobile fit It's all, fit this it's all in bag? the bag. It's all yeah. in the bag.
0: It's in there. You never know what's going to be in there. Just ask. Oh I'll
1: go look. The toothpick was in there.
0: It was in there somewhere.
1: So let's hear about, you know, you didn't use the toothpick while ice fishing, but let's hear about your ice fishing.
0: So I had the opportunity to go up to Lake of the Woods on the Canadian side and fish uh, with my Uncle Ron over New Year's. And uh, it was really
1: great. What else do you want to know? well uh so (laughs) oh you want me to go into more detail what kind of fish did you catch Yeah, i would like to know more please (laughs)
0: okay 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 so i got up there oh my gosh so you know it's not easy to get into canada these days you know so you have to you have to covid test and so then i got to the border and presented all my documents i about probably got like really searched at the border did i tell you about this no, you got so searched. I mean, we've fishing, been searched before. But, this wouldn't be the so first time. I'm sitting there, and you know, and, and he's talking to the guy, and like the whole time I'm sitting, there, I'm like, "Don't look guilty, don't look guilty." I'm like, "Why? I'm not guilty of anything. Why am I sitting here not?" You always feel like that. Of. I feel like that too. I know. I'm like, I'm not doing anything wrong, but oh I feel like God, I'm doing something I'm, wrong. I'm, I know. So he a- he starts to ask the question of, "Hey, do you have any weapons in the car?" And he starts going through the list, and as he's going through the list, I kind of look up, and I'm thinking, like, and I'm like, "No." He goes, "Look like you're thinking," and I'm like. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. cuz I was listening to your list, but no, I don't honestly, I swear I don't have any weapons in the car. Of course, I'm thinking, well, I don't know what you mean by weapons. I have a bunch of knives and uh, stuff like that. Tweezers.
1: And tweezers. Tweezers and a pick,
0: I think, in the bottom <laughs> of my bag. But I don't have a knife. So he was looking our weapon. He was kind of I think he was trying to decide if he was going to, you know, pull me in and tear apart. And I'm, I mean, I'm I'm both like really looking harmless and really looking suspicious at the same time. Because I'm driving a Prius, my wife's Prius, but I'm, you know, a bigger guy, beard, burly, kind of a fellow, you know, sitting there at the border, going to go, yeah, I'm going ice fishing, but I'm in a Prius. (laughs) So, you know, like some of these things weren't matching up probably as you, as you looked at my appearance and what I was doing. But anyway, I made it through the border, but I had to COVID test at the border. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, it's just. Craziness. So even I to though it, you had the yeah, thing that said you and I was going to be back home in three days, but I had to take an in-home test. So I had to stop at the border where I had cell phone reception, call an outfit. They had to do some sort of nurse, like had to come online, watch me stick the thing in my nose, and package it up. And then I had to drive it down the road to a Dropbox and put it in the Dropbox. And now they're bombing my phone and email. I'm supposed to do a follow-up test in eight days up in Canada. Of course, I'm not in Canada. <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. So, anyway, I don't know. That's worse than I thought because I, I thought, you know, I know you were kind of nervous about it and you had the test, but it, I thought you were good after that. You
0: know, it wasn't like a – it really wasn't bad. It just was yeah. an inconvenience because I had left at 2 a.m. from Iowa and yeah. I crossed the border on, ahead of schedule. I got to the border at quarter to 12. Wow. In the, in the you know, early afternoon there. Yep. Because I wanted to hit the night bite. On lake of the woods and so then i had this almost hour delay with the COVID test that was an hour i could have been fishing mm-hmm. so i was a little cranky about that but anyway i got to ron's we got on the water about 230 probably on the ice about 230 okay and uh so got 12 out. hours after you roughly up, 12 and a half hours you after were on the ice up. yeah i was on the ice in ice. canada so yeah, and it you know I'm in a Prius, so I spent less than fifty dollars in gas <laughs> to get there. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I got got on the ice, took the snowmobiles. We went out about three miles from Ron's house, and a set up on a kind
1: of a, an island break, and um, it's so like a mid lake hump kind of thing. I don't you know I don't know how to I don't no. It's really kind of uh. It's underwater structure, though, right? Like it's.
0: Yeah, th- but this was an island. I mean, we're next to an island. Right. Okay. So we're actually on the break to the island. Oh, okay. At the point just a break the to island. the island. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Not not a not a reef or a hump, mid gotcha. hump or anything like that. It was really just a break to an island. Walleyes were snapping, like right out of the gate. Um, caught a couple of twenties, a bunch of smaller ones, some sager. Um, So I had a really good first night. Caught. And Ron, Ron bested me. I think he caught like a twenty-two, maybe the first night. Sure, yeah. Or twenty-one. No, we were both tied at twenty-ones. Okay. The first night, I caught a pair of them, and then a bunch of smaller stuff. So we were able to to keep um, a couple of fish each um, with our licenses. Then we took them back and ate them. <laughs> Yum. We ate fish, so we had fresh walleye that night. So that was pretty sweet. So far as lures, Northland Buckshot. what color like glow perch or um it was i'm gonna call it red 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 primarily and then um i was also using it's probably the glow perch it's like the yellow and orange yeah that's glow perch the glow perch yep um and then yeah so that that's what we were using that night and that was pretty productive productive enough like i think i started with I started with something different because I wanted to see if whatever something was, on would work. You with what no, was on your I line worked. You started with no, I had ti- yeah, I had tied something on though. So I was starting with I gotta think back to what I started with that night. Well, one of them was the um,
1: sounds like faulty reporting.
0: Slab me. the slab seeker. Slab from, seeker. Okay. Yep. yep. So I had one of those on, and then I had a a buck shot on.
1: Okay. And so
0: when the the buck the slab seeker wasn't producing, so I pulled that off, went into a buck shot on the other rod. Gotcha. so that that's what I ended up using that night okay um and that was productive so you know a fish every five ten minutes now interestingly the fish absolutely hands down shut off at four o'clock even before it got dark correct yeah between four and five I think we each caught one Wow like I mean it really just shut off done and that was the that was the story pretty much the whole trip like Normally when you're like, okay, this is going to be, this is go time. This is yeah. the, the witching hour where we're going to slam them. Nope. They shut off four o'clock. Wow. Just shut down hard. Now that doesn't mean we didn't catch a couple here and there, but it was like, it was the dead sea at that point. Wow. And, and then once in a while, some would roll through, but it, it certainly wasn't that flurry of activity you normally expect. So day two, it was like, it was around 28 below. And so we were a little slower getting moving in the morning. We wanted it to warm up just a Man. little. So yeah. we got out probably 11, okay. 10 30, 11. Um, and we switched positions. We sat again on uh, next to an island on kind of a real shelf. So okay. 14 feet. So the day before, hmm. we were fishing 19 to 20. Sure. And we were at 14 to 16. Okay. And we mill this big cold snap mill of the day snow-covered ice so you're thinking normally you'd be thinking what are you doing there right right i mean that's not where you would pick but of course uncle knowing the lake you yes. know that that's a spot and, and the other reason for that spot was it was close enough to where he was that we were not far from home because it
1: was twenty eight you know, below. <laughs> yeah
0: because you're running you know you're in a very pretty remote area you're running nobody else is up there you're running sleds You know, if you have a a breakdown or stuff doesn't start, you don't want to be five miles from the cabin in that kind of weather. It's just not safe. It's just not safe. So we wanted to be within essentially walking distance if we had to be. You know, it would have been uncomfortable, but we would have been able to walk if we needed to back to the cabin. Fish were snapping again. um, Ron did very well. I struggled on Saturday or on, would have been Saturday? Would have been Saturday. I struggled. Yep. I missed so many fish, Jeff. I've never missed so many fish wow. in my life. I just could not hook up to save my life. Just could not. What kind of lure? So buckshot. Oh. I tried. Um, Did you
1: sharpen your hook?
0: No, they were a lot of them were new lures, so there was oh, there was oh no yeah okay. sharpening needed. All right. I had though. I lost a very, very nice
1: fish. I lost two very nice fish. I mean, again, back to the fact checking.
0: Yeah. So this was a walleye and I had it up to the bottom of the hole. So I learned a couple of things. I learned a couple of things. So I had two, um, St. Croix Mojo rods that were my walleye rods. And then another, that um, were
1: your walleye rods.
0: (laughs) Then I had another rod that I forget. I think it's a St. Croix as well. I think I had all St. Croix rods. Okay. But cheap ones, not expensive ones. Yeah. And the one's a medium-heavy, a medium rod, and that one I, I still like. That one works good. But I had another medium-light St. Croix rod that was a gas station. I'll call it a gas station St. Croix combo. <laughs> yes. I was bought, it next to the Bud Light, the old no, man No, it, it probably was. <laughs> but I bought that I bought it a number of years ago, actually. Okay. Um, and I hadn't been using that for Walleye, um, but I broke one of the other Mojo rods last year when I was up in Minnesota. And so I needed, I wanted three walleye rods set up. So I set up this other rod and that was the rod I caught this really nice fish on a VCM, uh, VCM drop chain. Yeah. Um, rocker, they call it the rocker spoon. I really like that rocker spoon. And it's got, um, it's almost like a Swedish pimple type lure. It's kind of angular, long and angular. Sure. But then it has a drop chain with a little glow bead on it. Yep and um and it's got a smaller hook though is the part of the problem okay and um so i had a really nice fish jeff on this i mean like really nice had it all the way up to the hole i'm down on my knees you know i'm trying to to get the fish's head to start up the hole and i can see you know there's only 12 inches of ice yeah so i can see the head and the head is hitting off one side of the you know, at the bottom and it's it's not past like the first fin on the other side of the hole. This is a nice sure. sized walleye. And I've got the rod up, you know, and the rod did not have enough backbone to maintain pressure. Mm. When that fish hit the bottom of the hole, the pressure was released and it, you know, the rod oh. didn't have enough backbone to maintain that. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. And it got up. <laughs> it was an equipment problem. It was. It was a very nice well, I didn't think so at first. At first I blamed the hook. Like that little hook, must have not done it. You know, must not have been good enough hook. So then I switched lures. I went back to fishing. Jason, you know what
1: happens when you point at something and blame it? There's like four other fingers pointing back at you. Oh yeah,
0: I'm. I know it was. I mean, it's all me at the end of the day because I'm the one making the decisions. I know. So then I I had another nice fish on, and I don't know what kind of fish this was. I really don't. But uh, the same type of issue, like Hmm. the rod did not. I don't, it just did not have the backbone needed to set the hook and to maintain enough pressure on this fish to keep the hook embedded when it, when it hit the, bounced off the bottom of the ice again, trying to get it up. And it was another nice fish and, and, um, it was unfortunate. And and so I learned a good lesson. I I learned that that rod is no longer to be used. So that will go away. And go to wherever rods go to die in my garage. <laughs> wherever. The rod graveyard.
1: It'll go to the rod graveyard. And you put it in there. the backyard, dig a live hole. Live there for eternity across. to
0: be given to somebody when they need a rod to use. That's where they it'll would go. dig it
1: up, it probably lasts a thousand years. So. It
0: probably will. I I need I'm in the hunt for a new walleye rod. So that's fishing rod. I tried the clam flutter. Oh, that's what I had tried first on Friday was the clam flutter spoon. The leech okay. the ribbon leech. Land.
1: Yeah, yeah, nothing. No good. Didn't so work. So I used one of those. I didn't mention that, but I tried one of those last weekend too. Um, I bought some on the way up at Reed's when I mm-hmm. got bait. I was amazed at how big that thing looked on my flasher. Like yeah. It was way bigger than other it things. Had I don't know a, why. It really showed up. It really showed up. Um, I don't know what that means, but it, to me it looks bigger. But I didn't get anything on it either. But That
0: VCM rocker spoon is like a stealth bomber. You really have to crank up the... The gain to see that thing, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't reflect. But yeah, I would agree that. But so what was interesting is sometimes fish just don't bite, so it's hard to yep. like rule a lure out and say I didn't like how that worked because you don't know for sure. But like the fish were biting, and when certain things don't work, then you're like, okay, well, yeah. maybe you know that doesn't work as good as, or maybe it does, but it certainly wasn't what they wanted either mm. day because I tried it again and then put it away. And I tried the clam pinhead minnow and I tried the slab seeker again and kind of went through that. I also tried um, the tactic. I tried differently that I hadn't used previously in a long time as I tried the Tika. I don't, is it Tika the minnow? Yeah. The, yep, the rapla. you know, where
1: you, the hooks are, that like are going to impale yeah, your hand clam
0: makes one and, and rapla yep. makes one where you're, it's a jigging, jigging wrap kind of a thing. Yep. Yeah, it's got the front hook, the tail hook, and the bottom hook.
1: But, like, they're super sharp, and you touch the thing, and you're, it's, like, oh, an in your yeah.
0: hand. That yeah. th- the thing can tangle up. A- yeah, it, it <laughs> makes can make a mess. And you have to put a lure wrap on it to shove it in a bag, or you're going to be hooked into everything, Yes, and it just never comes out. It just lives there forever. <laughs> and so I tried that. You know, I tried some aggressive jigging with that to bring stuff into a dead stick. And no dice, didn't work. And, you know, Ron, of course, is in the shack next to me, catching one after another, and he goes, (laughs) so here, you know, so Ron, um, he told me he had on, like, the glow perch, but then I looked at it and it was actually green. Uh Oh. A green Mm -hmm. buckshot was working pretty well. Hmm. (laughs) But, you know, of course, he tells me it's orange and yellow. Um, So that was funny. So once I figured out it was green, I put a green one on and I actually I started catching quite a few small ones. Um, but nearly not his big one for the day was twenty-three that day. That's a nice one. And then it was fat, fat, yeah. fat. And so some he caught some twenties of twenty three. I caught a fair number, but little like little ones, like tiny ones, like twelve inches and, yeah. and saugers. And but I, I had my chance at some big fish that day and just blew it. So I had a great day fishing. I, I I rarely went without action. I rarely went without feeding the fish minnows. That sounds awesome. I was hooking my minnow I changed how I hooked my minnows. And that's I don't know if you want to hear about that at all. Sure. Let's see what let's so talk on
1: the minnow buck hooking.
0: Yeah, minnow hooking. So on the buckshot, treble hook. So buckshot's vertical treble hook. For a while I was just hooking the minnow one hook through the middle of the back so the middle's hanging vertically. Okay? Yep. They... I just could not hook up with that. They oh. would pick me and pick me and pick me. So I quit doing that. So the way I ended up hooking them, which is how Ron hooks them, is you hook them through the front gill plate okay. and then on one treble and then middle of the back on the next treble. So it kind of curves them around the hook. It looks ridiculous. But... <laughs> But it certainly worked, and that's how I started hooking them, and I had a lot better success with them that way, and lost a lot fewer fish on a on a miss, you know, a miss and a bait yep. pick. So it clearly was the way to do it. The fish was still sitting vertically to the or horizontally to the hook. Yes, but and facing up, you know, so you have to think about how you hook them on there, kind of in right. and down, and then on the back. So that's how I was hooking. So that was Saturday. Sounds awesome. So Sunday, Sunday cold again. So now we're in day two of this incredible cold snap. Yeah. It was going to warm up though to like three degrees, negative three. So we went further in the morning. We got up earlier and we went further because we knew it was going to warm up, you know, versus stay cold all day. Right. So we went further back out to another island break. Fishing was slow, a lot slower on Sunday. Maybe a fish an hour versus like, you know, a dozen an hour. Kind of a day.
1: I mean, you're talking like, sounds horrible, right? Like, everybody else yeah. Is like, that's, slow that's a great lake day, of the but, woods. slow yeah. for Lake
0: of the Woods. I did not catch... I started catching some smaller walleyes in the afternoon, um, but really, I caught some really nice Northerns. I caught three really nice Northerns, hmm. the biggest biggest of which was uh, right at 30 inches. Wow. Which isn't record, but it's still a solid pike. And, but fun. And was a hoot on a medium light rod. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, and then I think the biggest walleye that day was 20. So, but we caught another meal. Sure. So brought home another meal to eat. So that was really cool. Um, one other thing, on Sunday, I had a lot of success, more success with the gold spoon that had the, the
1: clam, or not the clam, but the Northland, the glow stick thing in the middle. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about that I had success with, too, the yep. same one. Yep, yep. same one. It, it's It's different than a buckshot because it has the glow in the middle. And it's, it's more of a blade spoon than a, like the buckshot's kind of like a big piece of lead. This is more of a blade. It has a different.
0: So I tried that, that one you're talking about on Saturday yeah. and had not a lot of success. On Sunday, I have one that's shaped like a buckshot, but instead of the rattle in the middle, it has the glow spoon. Oh, yeah. I have one of those too. Yep. Glow shot. I think it's called a glow shot. The glow shot. Instead yeah. of a buckshot. Yep. I see the play on words there. Yes. Yes. So the one other thing I want to make sure to mention was I had spooled up two rods with a different line I had never used. I used Suffix Advanced Ice Monofilament. Sure. Don't recommend. No, not Did not not like it. Did not like it. Six-pound test. It got curly on me. It was very stiff, even though it said for ice fishing, it's an ice monofilament. It was very stiff compared to the other stuff. The But it's mono, not
1: it sounds like floral but you said it's. this is
0: monofilament yeah yeah says monofilament did not act like monofilament interesting to me didn't like it so i'm gonna take it off and get rid of it
1: yeah mono is so nice it's usually supple and this was not supple this was the opposite of supple yeah (laughs) whatever whatever the opposite of supple is i know every year i go that i go floral mono Gosh, that floral was a pain in the butt to deal with. i by buy mono. Ah, we'll try floral again. So.
0: Yeah, so that's why I thought I'd try this. You know, I wanted to put some six pound test on, and and man, it just it's coming right back off. I don't want to use it anymore. It it just I remember when I spooled it up, it felt thick, mm. like thicker than it should have, and weird. Um, yeah, not not a fan. And suffix is a great brand. It's a, yeah. it's a Rapala brand, I think, or Rapeller, Rapala, however you say it. But
1: oh, I don't know. I'm Rapala all the way. I don't Rappler. Know If you're a Rapala guy, I don't know. I'm a Rapala
0: guy. (laughs) It's a Rapala. Well, VCM is also a Rapala brand, Uh,
1: but not Rapala. Not Rapala. Yeah, Rapala. Rapala. (laughs) Rapala. Okay, what else do you want to know? That's what I know. I will say the I didn't go with you, obviously, but I've been there before, and I've been on the U.S. side before. I will say that it is like two different lands. You're on two different total places. One does not look like the other.
0: Yeah. So guess how many other people we saw? Ice Zero. fishing.
1: None. Yeah. That's what I'm Nobody too.
0: Well, I take that back. There was some permanent houses out by Ron's and a guy drove out to one and then left. Like okay. I don't know what he was doing, but he drove out and then he left.
1: And well, we've gone back. four days and not seen anybody. Yeah.
0: But nobody else. Right. Nobody home. So miles and miles of lake,
1: nobody home, which is and, awesome. And- the Canada side is has tons of islands and stuff where the US yep. side is just big open. Right. There's I mean, so there's,
0: much structure on yeah. well, you know on this on where we fish. So it's pretty yeah. cool.
1: Cool. No, I think that sounds awesome. Sounds like a great experience. I was jealous, but I'm sure you had a great time. So
0: I did. It was nice to get on big water. It was nice to catch and have the opportunity to miss just some phenomenal <laughs> fish.
1: I mean, that, Next time I, I'll come. I'll come with and catch those big fish.
0: You know, right? the Northern, like I, I was able to get Ron, you know, he did the shirt, you know, coat off and sleeves rolled up. He helped. Even at it. like three below? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's all in. Wow. He's all in. If he's got to go down to his waist through that hole to get your fish, he'll do it. No, it's a great trip. It's nice to be able to give a solid fishing report. Oh, there's, okay. So there's one more thing I want to talk about and then I'll quit. Ron outfished me hands down.
1: Yeah, hands he down. does.
0: he does and so of course i'm thinking okay what what we're using the same lure we're 10 20 feet apart
1: yep um
0: what's different and so I identified one specific difference in what we were doing uh, ron was using primarily medium weight rods that are, had a lot stiffer rod so that meant even if our jigging action was similar it was very different yep so, my medium light rod with the same weight lure had a very different action to it, a lot less sharp of an action on jigging than Ron's did. And so, on a buckshot, that makes a big difference in how that lure moves and acts. Food for thought that was, you know, that day and that weekend, certainly um, what he was doing was much
1: more successful than what I was. And that was the main difference. I mean, we're using the same lure. I may have switched out one of my rods for a medium action rod just because of that story. Yeah, (laughs) I think
0: I'm moving towards that for walleye,
1: more to a medium medium weight rod. So there you go. That's what I know, man. All right. Well, I'm jealous. Sounds like an awesome trip. I have a legend tonight, Jay. That's awesome. And it just happened. This is like... You know, you go out and experience things and you have to do weird COVID tests at the border. I mean, this is the stuff you do when you go out and just go ice fishing, right? Whether you're catching fish or not. Last weekend, drive up to Mille Lacs, get up there. There is like so much snow. I, I should put a picture of my ice shack, but like there's two feet of snow on top of my ice shack. There's just tons of snow. I get up there and they plowed a road, but it was kind of hard to get around. And so one of my awesome ice shack neighbors up there. I pull up and he's like, Hey, you can take my four wheeler. It has a plow on it. You can plow to a spot to park your car because there wasn't much you know, there was like a road, right? Like I mean there's like a road and there wasn't mm-hmm. any places to park. And so he's like, but I don't have chains, so i don't get stuck. Well
0: famous last words. Yeah, there. I mean this isn't where the story goes. You can starts, see where this is gone. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. So I didn't get stuck. This is not where the story goes. But so I I would have lost money on that bet. Yeah, I know, you would have. So so I tried, almost got it stuck, but the snow was so deep, it just It was just too much, so luckily the red door plowed me out a little bit more later the next day. But while I hopped on this four wheeler because I got out of my car and I didn't quite have Crocs on, but I had not you know I jeans and a sweatshirt or something. I mean I was in the car all warm, so I start plowing and it's cold too. It's below zero, and I'm like, oh man, I need my bibs. Oh my bibs. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. Got them at home, right? So then. You're like, well, crud, what do I do? My brother-in-law was coming up the next day, but he wasn't coming up until the afternoon, and I didn't want to burn the whole day waiting for bibs. And it was, all I had was jeans. It was way too cold. It was below zero. You can't can't go out there in just jeans. Well, you
0: could if you're not soft.
1: If you're walking out to the ice. Walk faster. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't find that it was going to be, it wasn't going to work for me. So... I don't know, I'm lamenting. I called Aaron. I'm like, what do I do? And she's like, she would meet me. I'm like, yeah, we can do that. It's forty five you know, it's forty five minutes each way. Then I'm like, oh, well Brainerd's like forty five minutes from from where I'm at. I'm like, great. Fleet Farm, they're open till nine PM. Awesome. I have enough time to get there. Jump in the car, drive to Brainerd, and I roll up to Fleet Farm. I'm like, wow, Fleet Farm's pretty quiet but there's a bunch of cars in the end of the parking lot with their headlights on, so it must be okay. Yeah, they had closed at 8. It was like Oh, no. So I drove all the way to Brainerd, right? And this lady, the cars in the parking lot with the headlights on, that was like the employees starting their cars to leave. For sure, because it was cold out, yeah. Yeah, it was cold. It was closed. So I'm like, so this lady's like, yeah, we're closed. We closed at 8. I'm like, but the website said 9. And she's like, well, those were holiday hours. We're back to eight o'clock again. And I'm like, oh Ugh. man. And you know, this is after planning everything. I got everything ready so I could be up there so I could fish in the morning. And so I'm like, great, what am I gonna do? I just drove 45 minutes. Could've just drove home. I mean, it's not that close to home, but, and I'm like, do you think anything else is open? And she's like, Walmart is open. So they have a Walmart and Brainerd, right? So I go to Walmart and they're open till 10. So that's good. So I go to Walmart, and they had basically no outdoor gear, right? Like no. I mean, I just needed something to get me by for the day. It didn't even matter. So they had two or three pairs of overalls, like coveralls, like not bibs, but coveralls, like kind of like Carhartt. I'll call them generic Carharts, right? Uh
0: huh.
1: But they were large. I'm yeah, not that's a large. It's not good. I've never had a large, especially in that. You know, if you ever bent over in in a too small coverall suit, it doesn't go well. Nobody <laughs> needs to see that. <laughs> Nobody needs to see that. So I put them on, and I could zip them up, but it was like, and I could get them up, but I'm like, this is not going to work, right? So I'm like, I asked the kid working there. I'm like, do you guys have anything else? It's like, nope, this is all we got. And then I found randomly on a rack a size 4430 pants oh that God. were insulated. Like, like those Carhartt pants, but they have f- fuzzy stuff on the inside. Yeah, like flannel-lined jeans. Yes, like flannel-lined jeans, basically. But they were, like, too big for me. Um, but I, it was literally the only pair they had, and I had a belt. So I bought them, and I got some underwear, or, like, long underwear, long handles, and, and drove home after spending three hours driving around and was able to go fishing the next day. But it was an adventure it wasn't really about fishing but it was about fishing so that's my legend tonight your lack of planning well so now i'm like because i have a checklist so this is something i do because i can't live without lists my life is list i have a checklist for when i leave the house to make sure i packed everything i have a checklist for when i leave the ice shack to make sure everything's locked up and so bibs weren't on the list so that's why i missed them so now they're on the list that's so all before i leave i'm gonna get my bibs that's a, that's a great story, Jeff. Thanks for sharing that. And I called Jason on both ways because he was driving to Lake of the Woods at yep. the time. So we I, talked yep. a lot I've, that night. I've heard this story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Jay, you know, you were worried that we'd be too short. And we, and are.
0: We're, we are not. No. <laughs> no I, so. And I've thought about four of the things I could talk about. We'll say that for another day. Yeah, it sounds good. All right. Tight lines, everybody. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends.
1: We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.